Welcome to the Rehope Podcast. Before we dive into this week's message, we'd like to provide you with some helpful resources. If you'd like someone to pray for you, it would be our joy to connect with you. So please email us at prayer at rehope.co.uk. If you'd like to get connected with an online Bible read-through group from wherever you are in the world, you can email brt at rehope.co.uk and be a part of a small group of people reading through the Bible cover to cover each year. Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. Uh, happy Joy Sunday. It's an exciting Sunday. I'm excited. Um, have joy. We have joy in Jesus. That's kind of the message of today. And I'm just excited to share a word that God's placed on my heart um, for all of you. But um, I want to share a story, actually. So going back a few Saturdays, um, just picture it in your head. It's early morning. It's dark out. It's the, the winter months in Glasgow. Um, Amanda and I, as parents, we usually take turns um, of who wakes up with the kids. So we have a, a boy who's four years old, another boy who's one year old. Um, so you can kind of imagine our world. Um, it was my turn to sleep in. So I was really excited. It was a Saturday morning. I get to sleep in. Um, Amanda was up with the boys. And so I was sleeping, enjoying just the peace. And then I hear the door open in our bedroom, see the light flood in, and I start hearing footsteps, which always means our four-year-old has a question or he's waking me up for some reason, can't find something, whatever it is. Um, and so as a good dad, what, what do you do? You pretend to be asleep. <laughs> and so I pretended to be asleep. I closed my eyes, acted like everything was, uh, was all good. But he's coming over to the side of the bed and I'm like, oh, if I just pretend to be asleep, he'll go away. Um, he didn't go away. He just stood there and um, I was like, okay, he needs something. I'm going to going to show him that I care right now. So I open my eyes and I just see these big eyes of excitement right next to the bed. And he, he just like whispers because he's, he's a super polite kid. So he's not going to like scream and yell. He's like, dad, dad. And I could tell he's really, really excited. He's like, dad, there's snow outside. There's snow outside. He's like, this happened last night. Like he's, he hasn't had this experience very often. He's like, there's snow. It came down from the sky and it landed on the ground. He's like explaining the whole detail of what was happening. And I was just like, really? That's amazing. And, and he's like, yeah, you have to come see. Come see. And so immediately I was like, okay, this is a big deal. It's like snow day in Glasgow before Christmas. Um, so this is like like joyful moment. So got up with him, went to the window, and just seeing his eyes light up, he was so excited to get the opportunity to go out and play in the snow. Um, and he couldn't even like eat his breakfast. He was like, I, I'm just too excited. And I was um, like, oh. we had actually an event that day. And so I was getting up early uh, to come to the church and do the evangelism day as well. And I was like, I don't know if we have time before breakfast. And August has to be put down for his nap. So Amanda can't take you out right now. Um, but he was so excited. I was like, okay, We'll get, get our stuff on and go out and play in the snow. And so we were just, like, enjoying it, living it up. I actually have a picture of Quill um, right there. And you can just see the joy. Like, that's what I love about pictures of kids. When, they, when they're experiencing joy, they don't hide it. They're just like, this is what matters most in this moment. Um, and so we had a blast that day and just, like, taught him how to make a snowball. And he was frustrated because he's, like, he's never really done it before. So he's like, how do you do it? And he's, it was falling through his hands. But then he figured it out. Um, but the whole morning was just full of joy and full of um, excitement because we had a snow day in Glasgow. And like I said, before Christmas. So it's always a fun lead up to Christmas when you get to have joyful moments like that. Um, as a dad, we have a lot of that. I have a lot of that right now, um, just experiencing 
kind of the lead up to Christmas as a dad and seeing the joy in, in Quill's eyes in particular, but even in August, like he's just following along with his older brother and experiencing the joy of the season. Um, so yeah, like playing board games, simple stuff, just as a dad, like being together, making cookies and just having moments where it's just like we're present in the moment, enjoying what it's like to be parents. Um, but I want to ask you, like what, what brings you joy in this season, Christmas time? is typically a time where we talk about joy a lot. We talk about things that bring us joy, things that bring us happiness. Um, that could be simple stuff, like even the, the Christmas events at church, maybe those were the things that you were just looking forward to with joy and anticipation. Maybe it's time with family, time with loved ones. Um, I know a lot of you might be traveling, even online right now. Like If you're traveling, amazing. Like Soak up that time with your family. Um, maybe some of you are traveling this week and you get time off of work, which is a joy to have time off of work and have some, some um, relief from that. But there's so many things in this season that can bring us joy. And, um, and they're good things. And they're, they're things worth just being in the moment and celebrating. Um, but I do acknowledge like there's, this time isn't always a joyful time for certain people. Maybe you feel lost or you feel like there's um, like relationships that aren't mended yet. And so you're coming together as a family, but really there's, there's tension or wh- whatever it is. Um, it's, it's not always an easy, joy-filled season for most people in that way. Um, and so maybe even like looking ahead to the next season, you're like, I guess I'm okay if December kind of rolls through and January's here and I'm looking ahead to the, the springtime and um, thinking about the rest of the year with like the topic of joy. Um, maybe it's like when you're looking ahead to a holiday and you're like, I just, I can't wait to get on holiday. I can't wait to put the work in, get my time off and just go travel somewhere um, or just even having a, a lighter schedule where you can hang out with friends on the weekend, like maybe that brings you joy. Um, but the more we think about it, the more we realize that really the way the world views joy and the way that most of our culture views joy is entirely based on how circumstances around us unfold. And that's what I've found to be the case is like if circumstances are going well, like we're doing great, we have joy, we have that lightness that we all have felt at times. But if circumstances take a dip, we feel that letdown or we feel that, that joylessness. That's kind of how the world sees it. And so we're always looking ahead to that next thing that we can experience and kind of take in. And as I was thinking about this message of joy, uh, last week at the end of the evening service, I walked home and um, kind of walked up, up Gardner and around kind of the back neighborhoods. And I was just like praying and I was asking God, like, what, what's your heart for joy? Like, what is, what is it that you want to communicate? And um, I was just kind of praying about this idea of circumstances and being free from circumstances. Um, and as I was praying, it's really strange sometimes when God, like, directs your attention to something that's just kind of a normal thing. But for me, it's not normal. So I was walking past the streetlight, and um, it caught my gaze because all the streetlights were on, working right. It was dark out, so obviously the streetlights are shining. Um, but this one streetlight was just like blinking and wouldn't stop blinking. I actually had a video of it, um, and I took a video of it, not even thinking I was going to use it in this sermon. But um, I was just like watching this. I was like, "This is weird. <laughs> like, why is the streetlight not working? Um, it should be working." But I was just like kind of sitting there and talking to the Lord about it because right, right in that moment I was asking him about joy and I felt like what he was directing my mind to, directing my heart to was this is how a lot of the world views joy. It's like in a moment of happiness, in a moment where circumstances are, are working out for us, we're shining, we're bright, we're, we're visibly, like it's, it's good, things are good. But then once the circumstances dip again, we, we unplug, we turn off. And so 
that was kind of an illustrative moment for me, um, and I wanted to share that with you. Just like that is kind of how a lot of us view joy um, when we see it in regards to circumstances. But the danger of that is if we take that view um, that joy is found in circumstances of life, then what happens when we have seasons where circumstances start to mount and there's you know things in our life that are struggle, maybe yeah, just all the above. You can fill in the blank kind of with your own um, instances of that. If we take that view, it can feel, yeah, just like a general state of joylessness starts to slip in, and we start to feel what we would call discouragement. And um, when I was thinking about that, just like discouragement is, is never the heart of God. He always wants us to be courageous, bold, like living life to the fullest. That's what Jesus proclaimed when he was on the earth. Um, but a lot of us, if we take that view the same way the world does, we can slip into this kind of general discouragement. Um, made me think of my favorite Christmas movie, which is It's a Wonderful Life. Any, anyone have It's a Wonderful Life as their top five? Top five? Yeah, there we go. I was going to say best because I feel like it's kind of, it's an older, older movie. Um, but I actually just got introduced to It's a Wonderful Life not that long ago, like five years ago. And ever since Amanda, my wife, introduced me to this movie, um, it's been like a, a yearly, usually on Christmas Eve we watch It's a Wonderful Life. And um, if you don't know the premise, I'm just going to summarize it really quick. George Bailey is this guy who um, just has so many dreams and so many things in his life that he wants to see go his way. He wants to travel. He wants to, you know, make a ton of money and be a successful person in all these different ways. Um, but he's constantly faced with the decision to put his own dreams aside and to help someone in need right in front of him. And so he's like, I have this dream. I have this, this drive and this motivation to do this big thing, but then... All, all the time, there's just this person or this situation that needs dealt with. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to put my dreams aside. I'm going to use that money for this instead. And that's kind of the theme through this whole movie is he just puts his, his stuff aside to help the person in front of him. Um, and you'd think that that would be, like, great. You know, his life would be all, all uphill and excited and, um, and good. But, like, circumstances hit again. Um, unfairness hits. Like, I, I won't go into all the details. You should watch the movie. It's good. Um, but there's a part in it where, and I don't understand the theology of It's a Wonderful Life. I don't know if it's correct or not, but these angels get together, and they talk, and they're like, there's this guy on earth, George Bailey. A lot of people are praying for him and asking for help, and this one angel gets kind of sent, to, sent down to help him, and he's asking him what's going on, and, and he says, yeah, there's a man on earth that needs our help, and, and this angel says, what's wrong? Is he sick? And he says, no worse, he's discouraged. <laughs> and I just love that line because it, it is true, is discouragement can just settle in and, and just feel like this weight that we carry through life at times. Um, but the ending of the movie, I won't spoil the like final ending, but he realizes that in the midst of this discouragement and this seemingly like hard circumstance that he's found himself in, there's been people that he's helped along the way, praying for him, encouraging him, seeing him. Um, seeing his life, and they come together and rally and help, help him, and he realizes in that moment, like, okay, like, throughout this whole time, there was something that was amazing and beautiful that I was able to experience, um, but I was just discouraged, and so I couldn't see it. Um, so I love that movie for that reason, because I think it does speak to that truth of, of joy. Having joy, obviously, is from God, and he doesn't want us as a discouraged people. He wants us as a joy-filled people, um, but to find him in that, we have to have this unchanging joy that the Bible talks about. And um, in Philippians 4.4, 4, Paul writes and he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Um, which is an amazing statement. Like at all times, as Christians, we're called to walk in this joy and to have this, this 
joy that never ceases. Even in the bad times, so James writes in, in 1 2, he says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet various trials. Um, so even in trial, there's an opportunity for joy and there's a place to find joy in the Lord. Um, so this might sound a bit foreign to you. You might hear that like, okay, un- unceasing joy, unending joy, like that's, that's impossible, right? Um, but I'm going to say a really profound statement. And so get ready. This is really profound. The only way that I've found to have unchanging joy in seasons is to put my joy in something that never changes. Does that make sense? I'm going to say it again. The only way to have unchanging joy in, in what we experience in life is to place our joy in something that never changes. Um, and we find ourselves a lot of times placing our joy in, like I said, all those, the list of things and, and how circumstances unfold. Um, but even David, a thousand years before Jesus, caught on to this and knew that joy in the Lord was something that could be constant. And he writes in Psalm 51, verse 12, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. So David, um, he knew Joy was found in salvation. It was found in who was going to be the person of Jesus. But in that time, it was in his, his God that he knew that he had a relationship with. So as Christians, joy isn't just based on circumstances because it's found in someone who will never leave us or forsake us. And that's really the message of the Christmas season is we have a person now who has been given to us on this earth that we can place our joy in. Um, and we know he'll never leave us or forsake us. I love in the Christmas story, um, there's these angels that appear. That's something that I've, I've been reading the Christmas story the past few weeks and just noticing how many angelic encounters there are and, um, and just what those must have felt like. And um, so we're going to actually look at the story of one of these encounters in Luke 2. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke 2, and we're going to start in verse 8. And it's a, it's a common story. It's one that we all know. Um, it's actually one that we sang earlier, um, the first Noel. The first line of that introduces this story. But it says in verse 8, And in the, same region, reason, uh, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were all filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. And the angel went away. Um, from them into heaven. And the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So this is an amazing story. It's one that we read during this season quite a bit. Um, But there's a few kind of points that I want to kind of draw out from this story of the shepherds, their encounter with these angels. Um, So as you can imagine, it says, as the angel appeared to them, they were filled with great fear. I feel like that's kind of a common response in the Bible when you see an angelic encounter is, like, I've never experienced an an angelic encounter yet. Um, If I do, I'm sure there's going to be some real, real moments of not necessarily fear, but just like reverence and awe of God because that there's no getting around that there's no getting around just the reality of what angels brought in that moment when they when they declared something of God straight from heaven um, so the shepherds like naturally were filled with this great fear and the angel said to them 
which is their common response to that. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. So they immediately bring this, this news of great joy, and they say this, this isn't something to be afraid of. This is something amazing that we want to declare to you and make, you known, or make known to you. Um, and so I, I can only imagine that that brought some level of ease to them. Like, okay, we can receive what you're saying now. Um, but then he, he goes on and says, like, unto you this day is born a city, in the city of David um, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So they're bringing the message of the gospel into these, these shepherds' experiences. And what I love about this story, and just going to draw two points from this um, that really stood out to me, is one, that joy is for everyday moments, not just mountaintop experiences. And I think I can just picture these shepherds were just in their normal work day routine. It was nighttime. They were watching over the, the flocks, um, which was something that they did back then. Uh, they did watch over at night, especially during different seasons. And so they were just going about their normal days, and God interrupted them, and God brought this message of great joy um, into their everyday moments. And so I want to encourage you, if that's something that you're like, yeah, joy, I, I can have joy when I'm at church on Sunday or when I come to this worship event or when I'm around, you know, these types of people or, or whatever it is, like joy can be found in your everyday moments. Um, we found this to be the case in our life as parents. And there's quite a few moments where you're just kind of there and you're just kind of being a parent, you're being there for your kids. Um, and we've learned this over time is like through relationship with Jesus and through relationship with the Holy Spirit, like, we can have joy in the everyday moments um, in a similar way to the shepherds in this story. And then the second point I want to make is just that joy is a real experience. Um, this is something that may sound really obvious. Like, yeah, joy is a real experience. Um, for these shepherds, this wasn't just, like, a, a message to them. This was an experience, an encounter with God, encounter with his presence, an encounter with the glory of God. And what I love about it is it says the glory of God shone around them, um, which I just can picture like, like they weren't, they, I don't know if they were praying, they might have been praying. It doesn't say necessarily what the state of their, their like thoughts or whatever were in that moment, but the glory of God met them in that moment and shone around them and gave them this amazing experience of joy and, and gladness and um, anticipation of what this coming Messiah w- would be and would look like and what he'd bring and um, so I can just picture that like real experience, that tangible experience of knowing God is near and knowing his presence. And, um, and so I think even for us, when we look at our culture today, we look at kind of our day-to-day life, um, Instagram, social media, all, all the things are kind of geared towards putting on a face and putting on this, this look of joy. Um, and even in your encounters with people, you go to the coffee shops in Glasgow and you say hi and you kind of make small talk and um, you have no idea if the person in front of you is just like just getting by, struggling to make it through that day. Um, but they're smiling and they're happy and they're just kind of putting on the, the look of joy. Um, so I think sometimes when we talk about joy, we can feel that where it's like, is this authentic? Is this, is this a genuine experience of joy? Is this something that I am actually experiencing or is it something that I feel like I have to put on um, but likewise, I just want to encourage you that joy is a real experience of knowing God, knowing who he is in your life. And I found that to be the case for me. Is like when I'm closest to God, when I'm spending time with him regularly, when I'm receiving from him, joy is one of those things that doesn't, it's not just like putting on a face. And I've even caught myself like 
at times this autumn, like going through the grocery store, and um, I can tell in the moments when I have joy, I like make eye contact with people and I smile. If I'm, if I'm feeling something or I'm struggling or whatever it is, um, I tend to look down or I tend to kind of just keep it to myself and just walk. And God convicts me of those moments because those are the moments where we can shine the most um, is when we're around people that desperately need, need the joy that we carry. So, um, yeah, so true bi- biblical joy is rooted actually in an authentic experience of the gospel. Um, and that's like the whole message of the gospel, but what it comes down to is the person of Jesus. Um, so they say, good tidings, great joy. It's a phrase that we hear a lot at Christmas time. Um, but what it really comes down to is, unto this day has been given to you a Savior. So our joy is, is found in the salvation of Jesus and the person of Jesus Christ. And maybe this is the first time for you to hear kind of that message of, you know, having joy in Jesus is available, it's possible. And um, as you grow in relationship with him, that joy becomes more and more real. Um, so as we kind of like look at this joy and what it does, um, it made me think about what, it, what is it about Jesus, the person of Jesus, that makes me joyful. And so this is just going to be a personal list of things that I love about Jesus, things that make me joyful, things that make me um, just love him more and more. Um, and so the first thing I was thinking about is that in Jesus, like he initiated love. So he didn't wait for us to get better. He didn't wait for us to improve. He didn't wait for us to um, become fit to have him come near to us. He initiated, he said, love is for this moment. Love is for this time where I'm going to come and make myself known to them and I'm going to initiate love. It says in 1 John 4 uh, verse 19 that we love because he first loved us. So God's amazing. He initiated that love and we get to enjoy that. Um, The second thing I was thinking of is that Jesus revealed the Father. So in his life on earth, the more you read about it, you hear him say phrases like, I've come to make you known. I've I've come with this relationship with with our Heavenly Father, and I've come to make your name known among among the people. And um, I think earlier we were reading, I forget what passage that was, but that he is the image of the invisible God, that he's the one that actually reveals the nature and the character of God. So when you look at the life of Jesus, we can look and see how God would interact with people, how he'd respond in situations, um, what, what would drive him day by day. And I think that's amazing. That, bring, that brings so much um, peace and so much clarity to any question that you might have about God and what, what is he like and how does he think about this. Like, look to the life of Jesus because he is the image of the invisible God. Um, it says in John 1 verse 18 that no one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So like Jesus revealed, revealed God. And then the next one, um, he paid the price to restore me to relationship to the Father and he forgave me. So this is the, you know, the Easter message. You might see it as the Easter message, but this is the gospel. This is what he's done to reconcile humanity to himself as he bore our penalty, bore our cross um, so that we can be reconciled and reunited to God. And with that comes forgiveness. It comes forgiveness of sins, forgiveness of any um, guilt or shame that you might be carrying or feeling. It's incredible. That's, that's the joy is we have a Messiah. He's not just come to, to do something apart from us. He's come to reconcile us to, to God. Um, and so we get to rejoice in that. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. Uh, the next one, so 
uh, he chose to make his home inside of me and to never leave me. Um, that's an incredible truth of what Jesus, he didn't just pay the price for us to be redeemed, but he went to heaven and he said, I'm sending the promise, I'm sending the Holy Spirit uh, to be with you forever. And he promised to never leave us or forsake us. In John 14, he says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and the Father will love him and he will come to him and we'll make our home with him. So he's chosen to live inside of Christians. He's chosen to live inside people who believe and follow after him and say that you are my Lord. You're the one that I'm aiming for. You're the one that I'm following after, um, which is an amazing, amazing truth. And then finally, um, he gave me a life purpose to demonstrate his goodness to the world. So with the Holy Spirit now, um, as Christians, we get the privilege of shining. We get the privilege of um, looking out at the world with the same eyes of love, the same eyes of hope and of joy and of peace and being a, dem- a walking demonstration of God to people around us. Um, maybe you don't feel that way. Maybe you feel like, oh, I'm, just, I'm just getting by right now. Um, but I encourage you, you have the spirit of the living God living inside of you. If you've given your life to him, if you've said, yes, Jesus, I, I want you, you're my prize, um, he comes to make his home inside of you. And so you get to be a walking demonstration of, of the goodness of God to the world, which is just an incredible, incredible reality. In Mark f- uh, 16, verse 15, it's, um, yeah, it's the Great Commission. He, says, he said unto them, go into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Um, we live in a world of people that are desperate. I've seen this time and time again. People are desperate to know if God is real. And even thinking ahead to Alpha and just this big, this big heart push for evangelism and to share the light of Jesus with the world, um, I just encourage you, people are open. People are wanting to know if God is real. And you could be that first initial encounter to be like, you carry something. You carry Jesus wherever you go. And I think joy is a gift, and joy is a beautiful thing that we get to carry. Because um, like I said earlier, there's been so many conversations, so many times when um, my wife and I were walking on the streets of Glasgow, wherever we're at, and if we have that posture of, of communing with God in prayer, talking to him, engaging with him in relationship just as we're going um, throughout the city, we look and we see people, and we make eye contact with them, we might smile, and from that moment, a conversation can start. And we've had so many people that they kind of look at, look at us, and then we, we smile, we might say something, or they might just initiate a conversation and that's led to moments where we get to share, like, the hope that we have in Jesus. And so I'd encourage you, um, joy is something that we all, we all should carry, but it's something we all do carry because we carry Jesus with us. Um, like I said, this might be, this might be just a, a message that you heard before, and you're like, yeah, it sounds good, but maybe this is, like, brand new for you. And I would encourage you to go for prayer today if that's something you're like, I need that. I need that joy. I need that spirit of joy um, in my life. I'd really encourage you to go for prayer. Um, the challenge for today um, is, is just what I, I did modeled for you right there, is to think about what, what about Jesus brings you joy. Think about that question. Like, what is it about the person of Jesus, his coming, the Messiah, the king of the universe, but also the one who's so near to us? What about him brings you joy? And spend some time just meditating in that and just dwelling in that place. Um, spend intentional time every day just thanking God for his love for you personally. Um, so I'd encourage you to do that. And like I said, we have a prayer team available at the end. We'd love to um, come alongside of you and just speak life, speak joy over you. Um, but let me pray, and then we'll, we'll invite the worship team back um, to lead us.
Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the Messiah. You are the one that initiated love. You're the one that initiated this relationship that we get to have with you. We thank you that through you and through relationship with you, we get to know that, that each season that we're in, that we can carry a joy, a deep, personal, real joy, an authentic joy. And God, I pray over this group, God, if there's any people that feel like that's still just so foreign, so hard to grasp, um, I pray, Holy Spirit, just for the grace to make that real. And I pray for just your, your awareness and just the reality of, of knowing you, Jesus. I pray that that would become more real to us today. We thank you, God, that that joy is, isn't just for us, but it's for the world that we're in, God. And in the times that we live in, that we get to be lights, beacons of light that just shine your joy, shine your truth and your life to the, the world that we're in. Um, so we bless just our community here with joy. We bless the, the Christians in Glasgow with joy, God. We thank you that we would be a people that would carry, um, carry you, Jesus, wherever we go. And so we, we worship you, Jesus. We thank you that you are the one that came near to us. You're the one that, that brought about this reality of the gospel, and you initiated it on that day um, that you were born. And so we, we just thank you for that, Jesus. And in that, that heart posture, that, that desire, we just say, like, you can have our life, and you can lead us and guide us in whatever way. In Jesus' name, amen.